Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Hey friends, welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda McCord and thank you for joining us today. Hey, I'm wondering, will you attend a wedding sometime this summer? And then think about the excitement when a new baby is born. Well, last week, the people of Bethlehem spoke words of blessing over Boaz at the city gate because there was a wedding coming. That's right. Boaz, as an older Israelite man, he was taking a new wife, Ruth, the Moabite widow. And in God's eyes, they were the perfect couple to accomplish his work to fulfill his plan for leaving a lasting legacy. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Ruth chapter 4 and we'll begin reading with verse 13. Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Well, after that business meeting at the city gate, Boaz demonstrates once again his virtue and the fact that he is a man who's true to his word. He is faithful. He married Ruth, and then the Lord blessed this couple with a baby boy. And I'm reminded of these beautiful words of Scripture found in Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. And God gives a great gift and an amazing reward uh, to this couple. In the past, I've thought about in these verses as Ruth is married now to Boaz and the Lord allows her, and it says, the text tells us that the Lord allowed her to become pregnant. And the fact that while she was in Moab, married to Mahlon, not sure how long they were married before he got so sick and passed away, but there were no children born to them in Moab. But now in Bethlehem, God has blessed her, has blessed Ruth with a godly and faithful husband and a precious baby boy. Well, let's continue reading in verses 14 to 16. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a Redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him in her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. This reminds me, Walt, as I read these verses of a time when you were teaching at Moody, you were teaching an Old Testament class, obviously, Ruth, and you had a student raise his hand and give some very practical insight into these verses. And we were working our way through this passage in class and talking about uh, Naomi being able, as it were, to, to be like a mother to this child. And a young man from Uganda, he, he shared that in his village, grandmothers would help care for the children and they would actually be enabled to nurse their grandchildren. There was a close bond and nurturing attachment within the family. And, and the blessing that is conveyed because of this, that God has provided a redeemer And why is this blessing significant when we look back and compare it to Ruth chapter 1, verses 19 to 21, where Naomi says, Call me Mara, for the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. I love this. 
God has reversed the curse on Naomi and replaced it with blessing and honor. Yeah, and we see in these verses today, once again, a picture of a gracious and generous God. Just that simple reminder, do I take time to thank God for his generosity, for the grace that he has extended to me today. Well, let's read in Ruth chapter 4, verse 17. The neighbor women said, Now at last Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. And though this son is born to Ruth, the, the, the one that is credited with it having been born to is Naomi. And the women of Bethlehem, they celebrate with Naomi. God has restored her family line. He has provided Naomi and Ruth both a kinsman redeemer. And as we read these final verses in the book of Ruth, we see the lineage to King David. These are the descendants of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. Whew! I made it through Good all job. those Good names. Job. But can you imagine the lineage here and having your name here in God's word as part of the lineage leading up to King David? And here we see the name Boaz and we see his son Obed. And, and in this long list of family names, there's a question. Whose name is missing? There's one name that we would certainly expect to see listed based on the information given to us in chapter 4, verses 5, and then 9 and 10. And that's when the commitment is made by Boaz. He's going to raise up a name, a legal name, to a descendant of Mahlon, but it's missing. And the question asked is, is this wrong? Is there something here that's out of place in Scripture? No. The honor is given to Boaz. He has proven his character. He is a man who has demonstrated true chesed, loyal, covenant-keeping love. We know that God's word is true, and it states the truth of who these people are. Boaz is here listed in this genealogy, first in the book of Ruth, but then when we turn over to the Gospel of Matthew, he begins his genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And we read in verses 5 and 6 of Matthew chapter 1, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. Boaz is also mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew. Solomon was his father. His mother was Rahab. That's the prostitute from Jericho. And now Boaz marries a woman, Ruth, who is a Moabite woman, and they have a son named Obed. And so we see in the genealogy of Matthew that we also have women named there, which isn't typical in a genealogy. Yeah, for sure. And, and even the women that are listed there, 
uh, some of them have issues. They're <laughs> um, they're foreign women. They're women with a a past, if you know what I mean. A past as a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a past as uh, someone that that is a deceiver and 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 really one of the the women. Tamar, she encourages and, and tricks her father-in-law into impregnating her. It's not pretty, but it's true, and it's important that God uses messy people in the fulfilling of his plan. Yeah, and I always like that thought that even though we are broken and we are sinners, that we have a God who extends mercy and grace to us and offers that gift of redemption. This book of Ruth has been such a beautiful picture of redemption and God, his provision as the kinsman redeemer, which is part of our head to heart today. Yeah, and even as we get to this portion of Scripture, there's a number of themes that have been mentioned, but these themes actually have a a practical application for us. One is the theme of the kinsman redeemer, uh, the one who restores that which was lost, in this case, land and a name for Mahlon. And I love that this is used of Titus, of Jesus in Titus 2, verses 13 and 14, where he writes, looking for the blessed hope and the repairing of glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us and to purify us, a people for his own possession. And and this reminds me that I should daily give thanks to God for his gift of redemption, um, extended to each of us through a personal faith relationship with Jesus. Yeah, we were worth worth it to him, and he paid the ultimate cost. And then another word that we've used repeatedly over these past seven weeks is that word chesed, that loyal, covenant-keeping love, and that practice of extending that to those relationships that surround us. And we saw in chapter one that Naomi referred to Ruth of that, that you are offering chesed to me. You are going with me back to Bethlehem and you have made a commitment to me. Then we see in chapter 2, Naomi uses that of Boaz as Ruth returns from the field gleaning and says, this man is a chesed kind of man. He is loyal. He is covenant keeping. Stay in his field, Ruth, because we can trust him and he will take care of you. And then I love in chapter three, we saw that Boaz used this word chesed of Ruth. And he said to her, yes, it is known among everyone in Bethlehem. They're talking about you, Ruth. You are a woman who is covenant keeping. You have shown loyal, faithful love to your mother-in-law, Naomi. And how do we apply this? Well, we look at our close relationships. We look at those we live with, those we work with, and we say, how can I practice loving kindness to those in my life? And while I think just recently we traveled to visit five of our grandchildren who live outside of Texas, and it was our goal on that trip to spend some quality time with each of our grandchildren and with our children as well, but getting to know them better and have that opportunity to talk to them and show them kindness and love because we don't get to see them real often. Has said relationships 
take intentionality. Mm -hmm. They take effort. They take focus. And that's what God wants us to be with those who are our friends, with those who are our neighbors, but especially with those who are family. Another theme that occurs is the importance of names. And we learned that each of the names in this story, they have significant meaning. And we were introduced to one man who had the responsibility of the kinsman redeemer. He should have been the hero of the story. But his name was never mentioned. Hmm. I'm, I'm reminded of my dad when I was younger saying, remember, you are a McCord and your word needs to be your bond. Um, if I say it, I will follow through and I will do that. And um, that's the importance of being a person of great character and following through on your commitments. And finally, as a theme, we've talked about the importance of being uh, an excellent woman. We've seen the example of Boaz through Hesed, his loyal covenant-keeping love. But now I want to point to Ruth and her excellence as as a woman who was raised in Moab, a land filled with false idols, and she saw the testimony of Naomi, her mother-in-law, and she embraced a true and living God. And Boaz says of Ruth in 3 verse 11, So now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you say, for all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. And refer back to Proverbs 31.30, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And so in application, I say, do I fear the Lord? Do I walk in a way that shows I'm trusting him? Is the Lord asking you to trust him in a specific area of your life today? Will you follow? Will you fear the Lord and trust that his path, his direction is right for you and he will provide and care for you just as we saw he cared for Naomi and for Ruth? We have been delighted over the past seven weeks to look more closely at the story of Ruth and Boaz. And we've seen God's hand of provision for Naomi and Ruth, but also as well as Boaz. And God's sovereign plan for legacy, which was fulfilled through the obedience of these three people. Um, This short love story has given us much insight, guidance, wisdom, and encouragement. Well, what's next? We finished this book. We're done. What's next? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked me. (laughs) Next week, we're going to start a new series, Journey Through Psalms. We're going to look more closely each week at a different psalm. You know, this book is filled with songs of praise and sorrow, joy, despair, hope, and gladness. We will discuss many examples, and I know we are going to see much practical application for our daily lives. Until next time, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.